Hey everyone, welcome to the Women Talk Construction Podcast, where we discuss women in construction and other non-typical careers. My name is Christy Powell, and I'm with my co-host, Angela Gardner. Thanks for joining us today. So, hey, Casey and Angela, Um, we're here today with Casey Lemoy, and we are going to talk to her a little bit about what she does out in the field. She is a very, very good friend of mine. We've become friends over the last year and both of us working at 84 Lumber. It's been really nice to have someone like Casey that understands um, all the things that I understood 27 years in the field. So I did a lot of install work. She's an install manager, but I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about what she does. So Casey, share with us uh, what you do for 84. So I am an install manager in the DC metro market. So basically, uh, 84 offers installed services for materials that we sell. And I am the field representative that goes out and checks to make sure your rough openings are correct, checks to make sure that the installers installed everything correctly, as well as scheduling the installers. So I'm the quality assurance person, essentially, from the beginning to end to make sure your scope of work is going smoothly. So, yeah. And then I also help with the warranty if you did have an issue later on. Very nice. Do you like it? Do you like what you do? I love it. I do. I love getting to meet all the people out in the field. It was a really big change to come from the office position where I had been sales coordinator for uh, four years prior to taking this position. And you can build so many things on a piece of paper. Right. And then when you come out into the field and you physically see it applied and you physically see it, you know, how all the pieces and all the trades work together and everything like that, it's kind of like solving the ultimate puzzle. But at the same time, like in a constructive way, you're still getting to build and you're getting to physically see, you know, the hard work that you're putting into. It's like art. Right. You plan everything and prepare and then you, you know, you act and then you commit, you conclude essentially, and then you get to stand back and look at this amazing, you know, house or townhouse or whatever. And you know that somebody's going to live there and build all their memories in there. Yes. And it's cool for me. Yeah, that's so. very cool. I love it. I, I feel the same way. Can you give us a kind of a rundown of what your typical day would look like? So let's just, we won't talk about today because today's not normal for you. I know that you're doing some training along with me today and course, doing this podcast, but what does a typical day for you look like? I know you do a lot of traveling, a lot of driving. Yeah. So the funny thing about the DC Metro market is, is very common or very often that people actually commute and that's okay. I mean, it's kind of tough on people, you know, but you're focused around a big city and, you know, the cost of living, et cetera, et cetera. So During summertime, you know, we have more daylight. So I spend more time in the field necessarily than I would in the office during the wintertime when it's darker. I will admit that part. Um, So I typically get up at 3.30 in the morning. I leave my house about four and then I start job sites anywhere from 5.30 to seven o'clock in the morning, either pre-walks or post-walks. I have installers on a job site somewhere. I always check in with them to make sure they're doing their safety. You know, everything's good and square away for them check to make sure that all of my upcoming loads for the next day or the next couple days are in there. It's kind of hard to walk through the day because it really depends on what's going on. So you put one fire out at a time. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much because like if I have warranty days worked in there, you know, then we're at the house at 8 a.m. for warranty and 
typically it starts with my day in the office. I kind of get all my paperwork together that I need for any for your post walk, confirm schedules uh, with my coordinator who's there and my window technician if he needs anything and then kind of head out. And if it's a new job starting, you go do your pre-walks, make sure all your openings are correct. You know, if it's where somebody's on a job site, you know, I've got subcontracts on it, subcontractors on a job site. I will talk to them and roll up and say, hey, guys, how you doing? What do you need? Uh, make sure they're wearing all the safety equipment, you know, all that other kind of stuff, just to make sure that the process is going smoothly. And then if it's a post-walk, you know, you go and take your pictures and you inspect everything and send that report out and say, hey, you know, you need to fix this or, hey, we're good to go. And collecting keys. I collect a lot of keys. I don't know why that is one of the most <laughs> odd details of my job, but it is. And, you know, kind of wrap up the day. Maybe because you can manage them better. <laughs> it is. It's tricky. Like right now I have a house where I need to go and rekey the lock because literally between, and this never happens this quickly. I'm so confused by it, but from the day that they installed and I came the next day to inspect, somebody took the keys out of the lock. And I'm like, how, how, what? why? Yeah. And I, I, you know, you hit up your supers and you're like, Hey, did you take this? And they're like, no, what is this? They just mysteriously walk away. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. This neighborhood has a ton of geese in it. I mean, we joke that, you know, maybe the they take it flew up on the porch <laughs> and taking them. So yeah. And it's just kind of working my way back and forth through the biggest priority Sometimes it's distance related. So sometimes I'll start on, I travel back and forth through 66 on in Virginia and I have closer towards DC, the beltway is 495. So I'll, a lot of times I'll start in the morning over there and I will work my way west towards Aldi if I already have my paperwork or stuff like that, because trying to go west to the store first and then come back, you know, you've got a ton of traffic mm-hmm. and you can be in that traffic for up to an hour if not more than that. So, right. You know. See, this is how us women think, mm-hmm. right? We <laughs> kind of think about, I do that all the time. I do too. Planning my days out to go to Hill Electric. I make it meaningful and within the schedule. And yeah, I love that. That's a really good point. <laughs> yes. Like I, I have to, cause I'm like, if I don't, you know, do it based off a certain timeline, like if I have a warranty in Aldi, I will go all the way to Aldi first. But if, I can help it. I will start over there first and then work my way. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't want to fight traffic. I need to be moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. My brain's moving 50 miles a minute and my car needs to keep up with that. You know, the other big part of my job, like I, I can't really walk you through my day about is it's just the constant communication that I am participating in. Obviously we all can hear that I can talk. So I'm talking to CMs all day. My salesman, uh, the store manager, the warehouse guy on occasion, you know, and the dispatcher making sure loads are going out or if there's issues, you know, installers, warranty reps for our customers if they have issues. You know, me and my husband back in the fall time, he's like, man, my phone has been nonstop all day. I was like, oh, really? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. And he sat out and he counted like 30 phone calls. And I'm like, hmm. I'm pretty sure I got that beat by a lot. And I counted out probably, I think it was like 150 phone calls in my 10 hour day. Wow. And he's like, I don't want that. He's like, you can keep that over there. It's a lot of communication, isn't it? It is. It is a lot of communication. I think females in general are, are good at communicating too. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So Casey, then 
during that 150 phone calls, did you get any emails that you had to address too? I'm sure I got emails <laughs> too. And I, because I'm in the field, like it's harder for me to, and I'm driving a lot, you know, yeah. it's hard for me to stop and look down at my phone. And I did tailor when I got here, I was like, Hey guys, I'm more than willing to help, but you got to send me an email 110%. But if you want to follow up with a phone call, like I am not going to okay. be personally offended at all because you need an answer or you're not getting an answer from my office and you need something more, I'll give it to you. But you got to, you got to reach out to me in my way because driving and texting is not safe and all that kind of stuff and driving email is even worse. Yeah, no, right. Brian Knox with B Knox Photography. Brian's a commercial photographer based in Greenville. He specializes in photographing people hard at work, particularly in skilled trades like construction, auto mechanics, and tree care. Brian's mission is to take photos that demonstrate the dignity of hard work. His favorite things to photograph are construction projects, heavy equipment, and everyday heroes doing their job in work boots and hard hats. Thank you, Beanox Photography, for supporting Women Talk Construction, Women in Construction, and for supporting Women Confidence Builders at our events. I know the leaders in our company think an awful lot of you. What do you think that is your best asset to the company and, and what you're doing in your role every day? I can tell you what I think it is, but I want to hear what you think it is. <laughs> I mean, personalities are so funny, right? Because mm-hmm. what one person cherishes about you, another person hates. And <laughs> yes. I think Absolutely. your personality is great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Y'all are amazing too, but... I don't know. I mean, people, I feel like appreciate, I guess my honesty above anything else. And even Mm -hmm. if I throw myself under the bus, it's like, look, I will tell you if I messed up and I will find the original cause, not because I'm necessarily trying to deflect, but so I can learn where the breakdown happened in the problem. So we can move forward and move through the next step to be able to, you know, fix whatever happened essentially. Like you don't identify the problems you have and call them out. You don't, you're neglecting them. Essentially you're turning the blind eye and, you know, I want to be honest and upfront with those problems. I want to be honest and upfront with the breakdown. And so, you know, truthfully, people appreciate that they want to be communicated with Mm -hmm. in an honest way, because there's nothing worse than ruining your own reputation by just lying you know, accidents happen. When I took over this program, I was like, look, if you don't know how to do something, I'm not going to be mad about that. I tell my installers, if there's something wrong in the field, you don't have enough tape, you know, you dropped and broke a window. I'm not going to be mad. I'm going to be more upset and frustrated between telling me the whole truth and hiding behind it because then that leads to bigger problems with less time to fix them down the road. And that it creates bigger problems for me and you. I was like, I'll teach you whatever you need to know. If you have questions, don't feel bad for not knowing because everybody has always been in this position of not knowing something, whether it be from construction or kids who are learning to walk and talk. They don't know how to do that. You know, it's something that comes with time. Transparency is the key to making a project come together quickly and efficiently. Are you in agreement with that? Yes, definitely. Transparency, it's tough. Like people sometimes don't want to feel vulnerable mm-hmm. in admitting their own mistakes. But honestly, 
admitting your own mistake builds better credibility in the long run because then you're you're not trying to be fake. You're not hiding it. You're showing somebody, hey, you know, I can mess up and I apologize for that, but I'm being transparent because I want you to still respect me and I respect you in that moment. It's right. It, transparency shows respect. So that's a sign of a good leader too. I bet that's something that she would recommend or advise to the younger generation, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. 110%. When I talk about 84 and this is the best company that I've ever worked for. 84 is definitely I agree. Is uh. the best company <laughs> I've ever worked for. And I've done a little bit of everything. I mean, I've worked for like small mom and pops. I grew up in a retail corporate cultured world. Um, my mom was a grocery store manager forever, uh, pretty much my whole life. You know, just experiencing the stress and the struggle of that. And then this is a privately owned company that does have a big corporate influence itself. But, you know, the support is there. And I talk about in transparency, it's like, you know, 84 is, can be difficult, but it's because building itself is so difficult. Like there's mm-hmm. it is. so many aspects. Like I was taking a class yesterday and I was like, there's some basic stuff that were, was in there. I've been doing this for five years. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I did not know that. And, right. and it was something simple where you have to like hear your way through to take the basic one before you can get to the expanded one that I want. And I was like, oh, I'm still learning stuff on a basic right. level. Probably super common knowledge to somebody else. So 84 and building in general, is difficult, but it's it not because the company is difficult. It's just because there's so much to learn. So many moving parts, right? Lots of moving parts, lots of moving people. Yes. And you can't beat yourself up for that. You can't beat yourself Mm -mm. up for not knowing. And to tell you that you're going to come in here and be successful immediately within 30 to 60 days is very uncommon. And it's it's not, it's not there, but you know, and it's not because it's not obtainable. It's just because it's, in commonality, there's so much you have to learn. But there's so much to learn. That's what I loved about the industry when I got into it was it was never boring. And I've always been one that if I'm not learning all the time, I'm not happy. And so that role for me, a lot of my customers did a lot of turnkey and we didn't have a ton of install managers at any place I ever worked. I tend to spend more time at the job site trying to make sure that things, you know, head off opportunities to fail. I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So prepared. yeah, I did a lot of, a lot of that myself, but I do feel like the, the greatest part of the job was just the fact that every day was different and I got yeah. to learn something every single day, no matter how many years I was in the field, I still learned something every single day. Sometimes it yeah. was just about the personalities of people, you know, sometimes just learning oh, I have to deal with that person a little bit differently than I deal with this person if I really want to make this project go well. You know, sometimes I felt like I was a psychiatrist. Do you ever feel like that some days? Yeah, trust me. I <laughs> or is that a loaded question? Maybe I shouldn't ask that. I mean, it's true because sometimes, you know, you got, you're, you're stuck in tough situations and you build relationships with people, right? And that's what a lot of this is. Just the other day, I was at a warranty appointment with somebody and the homeowner was really being belligerent to the warranty rep. And, you know, you negotiate, you got to like de-escalate the situation and take some of that, you know, off of that. And then you kind of regroup later because you built this relationship with this warranty rep you see all the time. And it's like, hey, are you okay? Right. Right. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And sometimes it blends, you know, your professional and your personal relationship blends and you, you are, you're like the therapist. Yeah. So I know you've been the therapist for me quite a few times. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. 
So I know one of the things that I wanted you to talk about was your involvement in the community. And I know recently we sent you some coloring pages for your little girl for school. Tell us a little bit more about um, your passion for wanting to share non-traditional careers with not only your own kids, but with the other kids that you've been seeing at school with your kids. So visibility is important to me and social media is a great tool and is also skewed view, right? So what we did is Judy and Chrissy provided me with the Women in Construction Coloring Book and I printed out a couple copies of them and I took them to career day at my daughter's school. And it was really cool because I got to see kids from you know, the younger grades were my daughters in first grade, all the way to kids who were in eighth grade and kind of talk about all the stuff that I did. I brought in a window and said, you know, this is different types of windows. This is what I do. And I took Tim Miller, who is one of my greatest friends and colleagues and mentors. He printed me out pictures of a house that he had drew. And it was cool to relate that we take this. This is what I do. I take this and put it into this. And the greatest part about it is like the houses I'm in now, you know, I'm dealing with windows and mainly windows next to your doors and house wraps. So I didn't have any really great ones. And, you know, the kids love that. They were like, so you're taking Mm -hmm. something that just likes like lines and it's becoming that. I'm like, yep. And it was cool for them to relate how I could point to where the stairs are and you can see the picture of the stairs right there and explain how, you know, the house that she built, how I had that book there. And it's like, you look at all these different careers that are involved in construction. And it's like, this is one critical part. I am this part. And, you know, you guys probably know people and like, and identifying, you know, who in their life is influential to them and seeing where they can also gain, you know, within their own family experience of people who work in construction. And it was really cool because there was this group of probably about fourth or fifth grade girls. And that's like, to me, in my mind, that's like the pivotal age. It's right before you go to middle school. It's right where you're really influential in time and you're kind of figuring out stuff in life. And and to an extent, like the way that gender roles are perceived. And from when I was a kid to now, it's cool to see how excited they got. They wanted to take the whole book, the whole coloring book. And they asked so many questions. It was cool. And, you know, it's cool to see kids wanting to take the things that they like now and interpret it into their life and that girls can do things. And yeah, we do need the guys, but, you know, just because it's traditionally a male's role or male's job doesn't mean that we can't be there. And hey, look where I'm at, you know? Yeah. So, and it's cool to show that visibility to them. And it's important to me, you know, my mom was a grocery store manager my whole life. And it's cool that a conversation that you and I had, Christy, at one point, I didn't realize how influential that was to me in that moment, because that's all I saw was a powerful mm. woman running a grocery store, managing 20 to 30 people and um, getting the stuff yeah. done. And you don't realize how that influences you because people in my life have told me, well, you can't do that. You know, just yesterday, somebody called me a guy at a job site just because they didn't anticipate that I was a female. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. And it changes the view like mm-hmm. from older generations for the subcontractors that I'm managing and people, the CMs that I see, you know, when you show up and you're there and that visibility which is important to kids, they can go home and say, yeah, I talked to Casey and, you know, kids are always curious about your job, yes. job right? Your kids yes. ask mm-hmm. about the stuff yeah. and you say, all right, well, I'm dealing with this person and it's like, oh, is that a girl? And it's cool because yes. it shows that visibility that we're there in the field and that the person that you look up to your parents, you know, respects me in that moment or other females or whoever, you know? 
Yeah. That's why I love the house that she built book. I think it's so important to instill the opportunities that are out there for everyone at that very, very young age, even though they're not going to be part of our workforce for a lot of years. I think that book has really been instrumental in showing um, very young children what it's going to be like if they were interested in building a home and learning how to design or being an inspector, or all the things that go along with our job roles, right? There's so many career paths that you can take. We're getting really close to the end. Thank you so much for enjoying time with us and sharing your journey. We appreciate it. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Talk Construction podcast with your hosts, Christy Powell and Angela Gardner. See you next time.